Managing teams is not easy at the best of times. When there is a lot of change happening, then managing the team becomes even harder. In this podcast, I'm going to share eight key actions that I found made managing teams, and especially during periods of change, a lot easier and a lot less stressful. In each of the tips, I share a couple of methods of how to implement each. So after listening to this podcast, you'll have a list of practical steps you can put into practice immediately. My name is Jess Coles, and I've led and managed teams for over 25 years in corporates and household names through to SMEs. And I've had to manage teams through lots of periods of change in high growth companies through to turning around failing businesses. If you're new to this podcast, Enhanced.Training provides online business courses to help professionals, managers and business owners improve their performance. And if you like this podcast, please share it with friends and colleagues and visit us at Enhanced.Training. So let's cover communication. It's an obvious step to most, yet that it's still one that's not easy to do well. So the first step is to communicate as early and as clearly as possible. When you don't know what is going to happen, you can't mentally prepare yourself nor plan on how you're going to adapt or learn. The fear of the unknown is often much worse than any resistance to specific change. To counter this, when there is change coming, communicate what is happening as quickly and as clearly as possible. Give the team members plenty of time to reflect, ask questions and to understand what any changes might mean for them personally, for the team and for the wider business. Communicating what is happening gives the team members time to mentally prepare themselves and to start working out what any changes will mean for themselves personally and what they will need to do to adapt to the changes. I appreciate that communication is an obvious necessity to many, yet too many managers struggle to communicate effectively or at the right time to minimise uncertainty and lack of trust. To counter this, use different ways of communicating the changes to the team and repeat the communications. Talk to them often. So different examples of how to communicate. You could talk through the changes in one-to-one meetings with each of the team members. Encourage the team members to ask questions and then answer the questions as honestly as possible. Talk about the changes in a formal team meeting and get the team to ask questions as a group. This is a great way to get lots of different questions out. Another option is to write a summary of the changes that are going to happen and email it around to the team members. Different communication styles will help the different team members take in the information and do communicate repeatedly to the team. So remember, as a manager, you must communicate clearly, openly and often with team members during periods of change. The second action is to share what you know, to be open and to be honest. I found time and time again that sharing as much information as relevant and sensible with the team that I'm managing helps everyone. Give the team members the reasons why certain decisions, actions or projects are happening. Encourage them to ask questions and provide honest answers. When you give the team the context for the decisions that are being made, they have a much better understanding of why the decision is being made and as a result, in my experience, accept the decision more readily. At the very least, they will think about what you are planning and ask questions. Engagement is a good sign. When team members understand the goals and the path to that goal, they can adapt You know what they're doing. They can adapt their decisions and they can adapt the projects that they're working on. All to help support 
the goal that it's being sought, or at the very least minimise any conflicts as much as possible. If the team members don't know what is happening or why it is happening, then it is very hard for them to adapt what they're doing to give the best result as a team. If you don't share information, how are you going to fully tap into the talent that each team member has? I mean, you hired them for their skills and experience. Let them fully use their skills and experience. And to help this, share information openly and honestly. This really puts your trust in them. And by demonstrating your trust of the team and opening yourself up to scrutiny, you reduce barriers, build team trust in you and get input that can lead to an even better solution. When managing teams through change, harnessing their expertise to implement the changes and building their trust in you as a leader and manager is pretty vital to making your job as, as a manager easier and to make the changes being implemented a success. Share the knowledge that you have rather than hoard it. Sharing will make your job as a manager much easier. The third action to take is to understand and agree on the end goal. As a manager, setting goals for the team to work towards is a must. If you don't, then each member of the team will work in the direction that they think is best. And chances are you'll have everyone going everywhere. Achieving much when this is happening is really hard. Therefore, set a goal or set a group of goals to give everyone a focus to aim at. Each person can then prioritise their activities and projects to best support and meet the team and personal goals. The team will move in a similar direction, which will result in a lot more being achieved and the right things being achieved. In periods of change, setting goals and milestones becomes even more important. When something is changing, there will be more uncertainty within the team. Creating goals and direction brings more certainty and clarity. Work to clearly define the goal and then make sure the team understands the goal that you're trying to reach. Ask them to explain their goal to you and how they and you will know when it has been reached. If you're not able to define the goal clearly, how will you or the team know when the goal is reached? An even better approach is to get the team to help you define the goal and the milestones along the way. This takes a little longer than you defining the goals. The benefits you get is that a team that owns the goals alongside you, rather than them being your goals imposed upon them. And you may end up with better goals or a better plan to achieve the goals in the process. However you approach setting goals, make sure you set the goals during the period of change and explain them clearly to the team so everyone understands them. The fourth action is to create a plan to get to the goal. How are you as a team going to reach the goals that have been agreed? When managing a team through change, some or even all of the team may not know how to do the new activity or reach the newly set goal. Creating a plan is accepted as a pretty good approach to achieving your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Let's just cover what a plan should do for you and the team. A plan should enable each team member to understand the activities and projects that they need to undertake personally and as a group to achieve the goals that have been agreed. And a plan enables all team members to coordinate their activities which makes reaching goals faster and easier. There are different ways to creating a plan. Two options for you to consider. The first being you know, the manager or a small group decides what steps and activities the team as a whole and each person on the team are going to undertake. 
you may need to define how to do the activities, when and with what resources. An alternative approach is to set the goals and then ask the team to produce the plan of how to get there. You may need to facilitate and coach the team during this process. Try to make sure that the team decides what's going to happen and that you don't interject or put your views forward until the very, very end. You can often avoid doing this altogether by asking the right questions for the team to answer. Again, this approach generates a lot more buy-in from the team. It can also give you a better plan as each expert as such in their area has inputted into the plan. There are other approaches too, and which you use will depend on the situation. You know, for example, if there was a crisis, then getting a plan together as quickly as possible is really important, and the first approach where the manager or a small group produce the plan is probably the better approach. Whatever approach you use, make sure you have a plan in place so that each team member understands their part in the changes being implemented and they have a roadmap or blueprint explaining how they're going to do this. Step five is to assign tasks and responsibilities to individuals. Following on from the planning section and depending on the complexity of the change project you are managing, assigning goals and responsibilities at individual level or maybe sub-team level if you have a large team, is likely to produce better results overall. Taking the step gives each person a clear picture of what is expected of them personally. With personal expectations and responsibilities set, you, as a manager, can follow up with each person and help the individuals achieve the goals set. Without goals at an individual level or a sub-team level, it is hard to track the progress and performance of individuals. And without the detail being managed carefully, the overall change project can slip or it won't be quite as successful. If you have a large team, then make sure your direct reports are keeping an eye on the detail and managing the individual progress within the larger change project. You do need to keep um, focused on the progress and follow up regularly with your direct reports. When managing teams through change, you must follow up to ensure that the execution of the plans is happening. Step six coach the team and give feedback. I think one of the most important jobs the manager can do with their team is to coach and mentor the team members to improve their skills and knowledge. This is an investment for the medium to long-term team performance. The better the team, the easier the job of the manager. The better the team can perform, the better this reflects on the manager and the better for the team and the company overall. When coaching, you are trying to get the individual to think and solve problems. They can know more than you, yet there is lots you can do to help them with a coaching approach. With mentoring, you are passing on your knowledge and experience to the other person. You are telling them what to do, as a teacher would to a student. Whichever approach you take, give your team members open and honest and useful feedback wherever possible. Make sure you praise them more than you criticise. The more feedback you give to genuinely help team members, the better they will understand what is going well and what still needs improvement. Help them work through how they will improve. Step seven is to hold team members to account. The work that you've done to set goals and expectations at team and individual level and the planning of the activities with the team to deliver the goals gives you the platform to hold your direct reports and the individual team members to account. If you've not done this, then you can only rely on your opinion against theirs as to whether they have made appropriate progress. 
opinion doesn't come close when comparing it against fact-based progress. With targets and milestones, you have something to compare against and therefore hold the individuals to, to account. Without these, you just don't have anything to hold them to account with. If things are not going to plan, then you must understand why things are not going to plan and then take action. You cannot ignore the issues if you want the change project delivered as planned. And there can be lots of reasons for slips versus the plan. For example, you know, the individuals might not know exactly what to do. Or the individuals are lacking skills to deliver against the planned activities. Or the plan itself might be unrealistic or has flaws that are being exposed when it's been put into practice. Or there might be external factors that have made the delivery of the project much harder or require more time. Or there might be capacity issues within the team and that's resulting in slower delivery. Or the individuals have the wrong attitude or are not performing. Whatever the issues, as manager, your job is to try and ensure that the team gets back on track. When the team is delivering, celebrate the successes, give deserved praise and encourage more great work. Positive reinforcement is so important, so do make the time to do it. Step 8. Protect the team and manage expectations. Going through a period of change requires additional effort, emotional energy and everything takes a little bit longer as you are learning. If you don't protect your team, you may well find the changes are taking longer than anticipated as because some level of queries, requests and projects etc. will continue to come into the team. So during this time of change, it is so important as a leader or manager to protect your team as much as possible. The business will continue to make demands on your team because it can't stop delivering for customers, for instance. So when managing teams through change, keep as many of the lower priority works, requests, projects, etc. away from the team as possible. Your way to do this could be firstly speak to your manager, explain the likely drop in capacity during the period of change, and what work or output you would like to delay or stop even for that period. Make sure your manager is aware and happy of your plans. Another option might be to speak to all the other stakeholders of your team and explain the situation to them and ask for their understanding and help during the period of change, i.e. to keep away as much of the non-urgent work as possible from your team. The key is to manage expectations before the period of change starts and then keep managing expectations during the period of change. Good communication and taking the time to regularly meet with stakeholders is a great way to do this. Another thing to think about is to think about the resource levels in your team. If you have substantial change projects, then adding in temporary resources into the team to create additional capacity might be a really sensible option. However you go about it, protect your team as much as possible. It will make the period of change quicker and easier. So in summary, change is pretty constant in the modern workplace today. And as a manager, you'll need to deal with it personally and take your teams through it and still deliver on all the other requirements your team has. When managing a team through change, there are many areas to cover and your job as leader or manager of the team will be just as busy as that of your team members. Use the eight areas we've discussed today to give yourself and your team the best chance of delivering the change successfully and keeping everyone as happy and as motivated as possible. Do visit us at enhance.training and take a look at the courses and resources to help you manage and develop your team. And if you like this podcast, please share it with friends and colleagues and visit us at enhance.training. 
Thanks very much for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.